Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Tuesday, another installment of the Sick Podcast Anvil Show. It'll just be me and Big P tonight. And you know what? It's time for everybody to play GM and who wants to be Chris Ballard. So tonight we're going to talk about with the 15th pick, the Indianapolis coach should select a position, not player. Let's talk about it. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast and Bill Show. The sickest Indianapolis Colts podcast. It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick, sick. It's gonna be sick. Let's get a word from our sponsor. There we go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use DraftKings code Six Sports to get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five on any NFL bet. Still a few weeks to do that. That is a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Sammy, bring in that ugly mug. There he goes. And while we have you, let's officially sound. And now that we officially have you, I'm sorry I rushed it. Please like, subscribe, follow on all the things, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And the X, you can find me at Colts Clyde. You can find him at Big P Colts. <laughs> Always my favorite. Omaha! Okay. Wow. Um, so judgmental today. Yeah, well, that's every day. We don't have the other big fella tonight. He decided to take a night off, so I'm just going to let him have his night off. I just want you guys who are loyal and follow this show to start to count when someone else not named Clyde is not in studio because I used to get hell, you know? So I'm just saying, you know, we're going to give him a trouble ticket tonight, but make sure you're counting. Anywho, <laughs> how are you doing tonight, big fella? I'm doing good, buddy. Me? you? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. Not bad, not great, but I'm doing. Well, at least you ain't complaining like a little. Whoa. What we're yeah. not going to do tonight is start this show I with that type it. of energy. I stopped it. I okay, stopped excellent. It. I stopped it. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm growing. There's <laughs> hope. Also count your yawns tonight. Okay, we're going to see you how shouldn't, many. You, you shouldn't get any of those. Oh, you, oh you're, you're wired tonight. A little bit. A little bit of wiring. Okay, all right. Yeah. Cool. I was... Uh, there's a new Chinese restaurant opening up in our town, and uh, I was invited for the pre-opening. Oh. So I just had a shitload of Chinese food for absolutely <laughs> free. 
<laughs> so if I if I do start, I won't yawn. I'll just doze off with in a full belly coma. <coughs> so if I doze off, y'all know why. Oh my goodness! Well, a big band is not going to pass up a meal. So Hell no! <laughs> Shit! Hell no! Did you just Homer Simpson a Chinese buffet? <laughs> Four damn times, Bruh. <laughs> that is awesome. So, what is your Chinese dish that you love the most? What'd you um, have? Man, I had for the first time, I think they call them pot stickers. Oh, yeah. That they, they look like dumplings. Oh, fuck yeah. F- first time I've ever had them. For real? Freaking oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. They that's were absolutely shit. amazing. Okay. Well, yeah. So not... that, and I've never been a fan of egg rolls, but since I was there to, you know, kind of help them out and, you know, let them get all their their wills greased, if you will, before they <laughs> You tried uh, everything? I oh, tried everything, God. and I absolutely loved the egg roll, too. Oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like a fat boy happy tonight. Okay. So, for demographic purposes, are they actual Chinese people? 100%. Okay, because I was about to Omaha the shit out of me if it was a no. white guy running a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, the guy that owns his name, Earl. A bullshit. A bullshit. I know that you're an entrepreneur, Pat. <laughs> you don't try just about anything. But you and a bunch of white guys making a Chinese restaurant, I'm going to have to call an Omaha on that. <laughs> Nope, it's not my restaurant, brother. Okay. I, 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 sell, I sell marijuana and marijuana accessories. Oh, fuck my life. All right. All right, Hank Hill. Your propane and propane. I, I was hoping you caught on to that. Are we, we going to have a show tonight or are we just going to talk shit? This is oh, great. We, we haven't had one like this in a while. I'm, I, I'm missing it. I'm loving it. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, it is the end of the season. And you know what? Topics are hard to come by. So why not talk about white people owning Chinese restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That, okay. That, that wasn't racist at all. It's, it's not it, racist. It's not no. Zero. I'm just, no. just letting you know. No, no, no. Zero race card to be played there. But Pat lives in New Pal, Indiana. And if it was a Chinese restaurant owned by white people, it would not be anything that people would look twice at because of where you live, buddy. But I'm just saying, you got it together. Chinese people are running a restaurant. So there we go. There we have it. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and Chris Ballard at GM. And all of us are going to play GM over the next, I don't know, month and a half, two months leading up to April. And we'll all say, this is exactly what this team needs to get over the hump and blah, 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 blah. So tonight we get to go first. And with the 15th pick, not a player, but a position. Okay. We oh, don't just keep, position. We're just going to keep it to the position. Because you know what? The way the draft goes, right? And, and it, this can even be, you know, the same when it comes to the position. The way the draft goes, you know, your guy comes off the board and that changes everything. But ultimately, we're thinking about what is the holistic approach to this team? Like, what's the greatest need? So at 15, if that need is there, what position is that? More so than the player. 
Okay. For me, oh, oh, I got a yawn. Oh, shit. That's one. Okay. Hey, All right. So, you know what? I'm twice your damn age. Oh, uh, no. And, oh, and I, so you're and 80. I still, I still <laughs> get up at. No, I feel like I'm 98. It's called Road Hard and Put Away West. <laughs> you wouldn't know nothing about it with all those Air Force meetings you're in. <laughs> okay. Some of your soldiers actually went the dirt. Oh, my God. Damn it. These Army guys, <laughs> these Army vets are fucking a hoot. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> all right, man. Here we go. Okay. So I'll let you lead this, right? It's just you and I, so we can go back and forth. So I'm gonna say position and need. Okay. So you get a couple rounds at this, right? So you you only get one shot. So your first round at 15, if it's a position and need, what is that position? Cornerback. Cornerback. Interesting. Cornerback. Okay. And, so, and 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 there's a there's a couple that I, that are highly sought after that every time I've done a mock draft, and, and I only started doing the mock drafts today because you said that these were going to be our topics, but yeah, um, there's several, there's, there's two cornerbacks out of Alabama. Um, Kool-Aid McKin- McKinstry. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid's one. And then the one that's uh, graded actually a lot higher than him is uh Tyron. Did I say it right? T or uh, I O N. I think I, how you spell it. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I can't. Uh, yeah. I screenshot it. Cause I, you know, I can't remember anything anymore. It's, it's a memory loss drug. Yeah, Ty, uh, Turin Arnold. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so, so okay, so here's my question with that because this is not a debate, but it's just the ask. So drafting young corners last year, you think the fix is to draft more young corner corners and put them out there versus maybe looking at getting one of these vets and free agency to help boost what we already have in the youth that is corner. I do. I, I, I do. Um, and until somebody shows me the grand slam free agent corner, that's going to be out there like a Gilmore. And I'd rather build through the draft, you know, because yeah, are they young, but man, these kids are talented. You know, look, look what Jones did for us today. Look what Brent or this year, look what Brent's did. I mean, both rookies, uh-huh. And both had phenomenal seasons, and that's kind of my that's kind of my question. I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. By no by no means necessary, you know. Is well, I guess what I'm trying to say is both of those guys are definitely replaceable. But what I'm also saying too is, you know, Jalen Jones was a seventh round pick, right? And he played pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was some some bad spots, but if you just it was, look at it, it was rookie spots. That's what I call them. I call yeah. them rookie spots. Okay, rookie spots. We'll take that terminology. But I'm saying if you look at his PFF overall and what he was able to do, and they break down so many different metrics that I would have to I would have to have it pulled up in front of me. But yeah. what I'm getting at is like there's athlete absolutely room for improvement, but there's also a you can hang your hat on this might be a solid starter if he has that opportunity. So what I'm getting at is bringing in, as Chris says, more competition, but bringing in a first round pick mid-level or mid-round pick i'm sorry 15 that's not competition that's you're about to play <laughs> you know what i mean like where you know what i'm saying so absolutely but one thing i like about this arnold kid uh in his draft reports um everyone that i read and i read about four of them 
was saying that he can transition to the safety position extremely well. Okay. Well, I mean, so one reason, and that's one reason I'm really high on this kid is because of the versatility that he has with his athleticism. You know, right. he's not the the major tall cornerback that we know Chris Ballard likes. Likes. He's maybe 200 pounds, if I remember right. Runs a four three four four something like that. So he, he's pretty quick, pretty damn quick. You know, okay. and if he has that versatility where you could you can bounce him around, it's even better. Because, yeah, if you draft a corner, cornerback at the 15th position, you fully intend for him to start. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But he, he can start in, in multiple positions and he can cover injured positions. Who did we lose last couple of games of the season? Blackman. Blackman. You know, yeah. and and Blackman's on a contract year. Is he going to get re-signed? But see, we got know. we got Darius Rush coming back. Yeah, off of the injury, who was a rookie last year, got hurt in, in OTAs or mini camp or whenever it was. And so uh, Chris said at his presser, he's pretty excited about what that means for this team too. So I mean, you make a lot of great points on you know versatility and the ability to play in multiple roles. But if you're thinking cornerstone, right? Cause I, I, cause I kind of looking at it like this, like where's the the biggest holes in this team? The cornerback was definitely an issue. I don't know. I just, I think I'm going with my first shot at at 15. I'm going different, right? And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go loose on this because I'm just gonna call it. It's not a true position, but it's a position. So I'm gonna go pass catcher. And what I mean by that is, I've seen a lot of mocks where Brock Bowers is there, okay? Yeah. 10 games with 100 yards and a touchdown, like, as a tight end, like, one of the only guys that ever do that in a season or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. Um, but the dude is explosive. Sure, can he do things better? Like, is he is he your all-around tight end every play? At this point in his career, I say no. You know, he's not the kittle where I can come in and block, and then I'm also going to be a threat in the in the run game, same as Kelsey and stuff like that. But just, hey, we need plays. We need yards. We want you to be a pass catching tight end first and run away from people. This is the guy. But I'm going to say pass catcher because I've seen mocks where somehow, some way, Malik Neighbors falls to us out of LSU, which yeah, I don't I think so. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I've seen not, it. not falling to 15. Yeah, I haven't I seen him fall out of the top five yet. Oh, yeah, he's definitely outside the top five. But I've seen him where somehow, some way, <laughs> he's there. Now, now the thing with him, though, right? This because this is where you have to get you got to get creative, right? And and with our offense, what are we trying to do? Over the last couple drafts, if you look at who we drafted, they were playmakers outside of Josh Downs. You would say that we were going big. Well, this is a smaller guy, six foot, 200 pounds. And we kind of got one of those, Josh Downs, who's much shorter. He's Josh Downs is 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, but we kind of have that scat guy. Now, don't get me wrong, six foot is not super, super undersized for a receiver. You got guys like AJ Brown, who I guess they show up as six two, but AJ Brown's probably six one, something like that. I don't know. So the so the the opportunity is there to put this guy on the edge for sure. You know, but if he's there, you got to think about, as we talked about in the last show, 
I want Anthony Richardson to have 10 to 11, no kidding, you know, real life targets, running back, tight end receiver, where whoever comes in, like you're not looking at, you know, you're not looking at your game day <laughs> bulletin and be like, who the fuck is 82? <laughs> like, no, you want to be like, oh, yeah, that's such and such. And that's such and such. And these guys run these type of numbers. These guys can catch. These guys have this type of athleticism. So when we're watching the line changes, if you will, like hockey, people come in for certain packages and all that other shit, it's still a threat. You know, I feel like sometimes in our offense last year, it got very like if we if we went heavy tight end, it got very basic, like you knew what was happening. Right. It's probably going to be play action to run and running backs and watch Mo Alley Cox out the backfield or I mean, off the line, you know, to make a because uh, he's the tallest tight end we had to make a, you know, a grab a pie, some shit like that. I don't want it to look so we know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And Shane Slack is a mastermind. So. Again, pass catcher is where I would go with number 15 for my first shot at this. Okay, right? now let me throw this back at you, what you threw at me for drafting Young in the receiving core versus free agency. Oh, yeah. You know, I gotta, because all our receivers are really young. You know, besides Pittman, all of them's on the rookie deal. Yes. You know, and I'm okay so, with that. <laughs> you're okay I'm with that. totally okay because because the thing with this is and chris said this and i don't want to keep you know loosely quoting him but he's like the guys that actually the ones that are great rarely get away right so a big trade can happen i mean we see what tennessee did a couple years ago when they sent aj brown to philly and now the word on the street is he may want out based on his social media profile and what he's done whether that's real or not, I have no idea. But ultimately, the guys that kind of like slip outside of that and make it to free agency, I won't say there's a reason, but at that point, what are you actually paying for? And when I say that, like, does that... I think, I think you can say there's a reason. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. because I'm because I look at it like this. I, I don't want to speak too broadly, but I don't, also don't want to speak too directly. Because, like, let's say, for instance, for whatever reason, Michael Pittman makes it to free agent, free agency. We don't re-sign him. In this case, there is no red flag for, okay, well, he doesn't do this well. I mean, he does a lot of things collectively great. Is he the best overall receiver in the NFL? Of course not. But he does a lot of things collectively great. If we don't sign him, I think it's really about the math that we did on him. And we know how important that is to Chris Ballard. Yes. So that would be that that that's why I'm saying it so loosely. But what I'm saying is like when you draft your guys, you have, again, the ability to dictate the rest of the team based on what you know you're paying me. Because like he said, the number is what the number is. So if if receivers are fucking commanding twenty three million dollars, that's not a one off. That's what they fucking command. But can I do more damage by drafting young kids? And not having to, to pump out $23 million and using that money in other places to, to you know, build out the rest of the roster. That's kind of where I'm going with this. So, yes, I would I would rather the young guys that have shown on high levels playing at, you know, big colleges and big games and all the things that they can handle the next level. Now, the, the, the one you, you mentioned, Brock. Yes. The one problem I have with that, and I was really surprised this year that Steichen didn't utilize our tight ends as much as he did. 
And I think it's I think it's based off of their well, we had limitations, man. Like like Mo Alley Cox primarily was our one A tight end. But that one A was based on blocking and a the combination of receiving. When overall, I think the best receiving tight end this year probably was Granson. Then it was probably Ogletree, and we know what happened at the end of the year with Ogletree. And then, you know, Will Mallory had certain moments where he was in and he was out based on injury. But that, but I mean, we never got to see Jelani, who in his rookie year did pretty well. A couple touchdowns, a couple when, big games. When he was targeted. When he see, was that, targeted, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my thing with the Indianapolis Colts and tight ends. They to me, they just don't utilize the talent that they have with these guys. Not often enough. Yeah, I mean, but we don't and and if you look at it, you know, from the from the the way the league is set up with what tight ends are doing, our tight ends are at best like second tier, maybe third tier, based on the tight end play that we know that makes you, you know, a Pro Bowl, all pro superstar. The Kelseys, the Kittles, you know, you can even go Mark Andrews when he's not hurt. Uh, for years, like Ertz, you can go. Uh, what's the kid? What's the guy out in, in Philly? Um, shit, can't think. Is Goddard? Like Goddard. the dudes that, that that really like put strain on you because they're 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 easy targets in the five to seven range to to make second down super short, and they're great targets in the seam and like. So what I'm saying, we we have guys who can play football for sure. Mo Ali Cox has shown that and he's versatile and he's different, but he's not a game changer. And I think that sometimes we just get away from that because you have to depend on those guys. And think about how many times now there were drops. Mo Ali in the last game, several drops in the last game, right? Started on that one. Remember Granson, that was his problem in year one and two drops. This year he did a little bit better, but he had some moments where he had some drops. And so the consistency there, like, you know, like, and honestly, we haven't had a tight end. And I remember that was, that was like, actually we had two, the beginning of Andrew Luck's career. We had the kid that came out with him, Kobe Fleener, who had some moments drops, but some great moments. And then we had Dwayne Allen out of Clemson and Dallas Clark. Well, I'm talking about before, well, I'm Uh, talking about before the Manning years. Well, after, well, after the, after the Manning years. years, yeah, yeah. Because you go, Dallas Clark is an all-time great. Like, yeah, he was fucking phenomenal. But I'm saying, like, we hadn't had tight end, like, consistent play. We are like, hey, look, the tight ends are a problem since those guys. And even those guys weren't, like, top tier, but they just played solid. You know, Now, this, I mean? so, this is my opinion, though. If you utilize them more, they start climbing that tier. I, 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 I you know, I definitely think, um uh, Moali is not that guy. Right. I don't I, I I don't. I mean, he can produce but not consistently. Um I do believe Jelani Woods is that guy. I, I do so. believe uh Ogletree is that guy. And the only thing I'll say about that is be, before anybody crucifies this guy, let that stuff slay out. So uh, to me, evidently, you know, the organization knows something different than what the news media is putting out. Because if they didn't, he probably would have been gone by now, but he's not. So I think the right. organization's letting it play out in, in the courts or whatever you want to call it. So that's all I'm asking us fans to do is let that play out, too. Um, that's fair. 
But Ogletree is definitely that guy. Granson is definitely that guy. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I do. Uh, And 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 Mallory, Mallory had tons of flashes when he got the ball. We're talking about okay, but we're talking about guys who command your respect. I.e., defenses will profile them and and spotlight and highlight. I mean, like, and they consistently are open no matter what you do. Like, they just know how to create space and know how to find it. And maybe some of these guys have potential. But to say that they're their guy, like, no, they're not moving like Kelsey. They're not moving like Kittle. They're not moving like Goddard. They're not moving like Andrews. They're not moving like a lot of other dudes. You know what I mean? But, okay. So, round two, still on round one, though. (laughs) Your second shot at 15. Where do you go? You said cornerback first. Where would you go second? Now, the next major hole that I would want to plug is O line. Oh shit! Oh, there, there, there's some, there's, some, there's some meaty boys coming out this year. <laughs> Wait I'm a minute! I'm telling you, right now. Omaha, you for meaty boy? Well, I don't even like that I said that. There's some big uh, old, str- there's balls. some big old strong fellers coming out. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> you know, so I would hate to, I don't even know what all our, our draft pick numbers are, but I would hate to think that, oh, well, we, we can target this guy in the second round and he's not going to be there like a tackle or a guard. Uh-huh. You know, um, I know what Braden Smith can do. Okay. But with his knees and his and the growing injuries that keep popping up and he keeps missing three or four games at a time, then he's back for one. And then he misses another one. Then he's back. And then he's on the sideline with ice on his knee. You know what I mean? That's not sustainable. You know, we're going to have to replace him. Um, Quentin, Quentin solid. Uh, Raymond solid. Kelly solid. Uh, and who's the right guard? Will Fries. Fries. See, Fries is a backup. Uh-huh. Fry, to me, Fries is a depth piece, and and Smith just isn't consistent enough with his play. You know, I you know you know, you everybody that's listened to the show more than once knows that I won't call anybody injury prone. You know, because this is a a very fast and violent game, and I don't care how many pads you get on your body takes a beating like that, you get hurt. I get it. You know, and I'm not I'm not blaming Smith for the injuries, but what I'm saying is we need better consistency at the right guard and right tackle spot. So if I did not fill in any other holes, those were the holes I'd, I'm filling in first. Okay, uh... I mean you you got to protect your future franchise quarterback. Yes. No, yeah, that's 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 legit. Okay. You got to. So these because are our... listen, no, no, listen. It, okay, hypothetical. If if you don't fix this O line issue and and your quarterback gets hurt and he's out eighty percent of the season again, you know what I mean? To me, that definitely one hundred percent falls on Ballard's shoulders for not fixing this O line. No, nah, you're not wrong, but I'm not sure if that's the pitch, I don't. I mean, our our old line drafted, uh, they graded out pretty solid. 
I mean, yeah, you can always add depth and all that, and I get it. When Braden's out, he's out. It's definitely not, a fucking miss, but I'm not saying they didn't grade, but grades versus play are two different things. Hey, we talked about that shit all all year. All I, year. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I'm not, I am not against you there. I just don't know if that's where you go with 15. Maybe, Maybe. you know, if I'm the GM, would I do that? I don't know. I'm just, you know, with this top, this top, I'm looking at what I I believe needs to be addressed. What positions need to be addressed? And cornerback and O line are my first two positions that I would address if I was the GM. All right, so here's here's our pick numbers at the moment. Round one, 15, round two, 46, round three, 82, round four, 118, round five, 152, round six, 193, round seven, 235. So that is our current numbers before we do anything, which we will do something, <laughs> as you very well know. But second what was, shot it. What was our second second round? 46 46 okay okay so my second shot at 15 if i'm not going pass catcher and this ain't even my position of love (laughs) but i just think that there's too many guys that play the position to not take a look that would be edge again so Lots of names there. Uh, Jared Verse is one that sticks out. You got the kid out of UCLA, which I can't say his name with all the L's and U's and T's and A's. Latua, I think. He's just a natural kid that has great, uh, you know, hands and some some great pass moves, and he's just a constant threat, high motor. Um, you got kids out of Penn State um, that can rush. And so – the thing, though, because a lot of people right now, the big talk is, you know, do you exercise Quiddy's fifth year option? You know, and I think that just like Valor said, like he's got some stuff to work on when it comes to pass rushing. But the thing that makes him solid, which I also think that allowed them to move on from a guy um, that we all liked um, and in Dockway was his pass. I'm sorry, was his rush defense, the ability to stop the run and so ultimately you know like we all want the guy that's going to give you upwards of 15 or more sacks a season as a single player everybody would love to have that on their team you know the bosas of the world and the tj watts and guys that just constantly like are at the top of the league when it comes to sacks but there's to me there's two issues that that presents usually Outside of that guy, everybody else is kind of mediocre. It's number one. And then number two, it's going to cost you <laughs> all of your child's fortune <laughs> to, to keep this guy when it's time to pay him. And so what we've gotten used to after the years of Freddie and Mathis is not having this one guy. I mean, maybe outside of like Justin Houston that one year, I think he had like he had double-digit sacks, but he was already an older player when he did it. So, you know, the future of him continuing that for another five, six, seven years was definitely not going to be a thing. But I'm actually okay with – and mind you, we play in a shoddy defense that I don't like. I didn't say shitty. I said shoddy <laughs> because it's just weird. 
um, where we collectively uh, compiled the fifth most sacks in the league at 51 or whatever it was. I'm actually okay with that. Now, I know these guys want to get their own numbers up and have double digits because they get bonuses, and that, of course, they want to get paid more and all that. But if we can collectively finish fifth without having a true dominant edge rusher, so you just keep adding to that fire and everybody can do something differently and people are interchangeable without the within the line where you can put them inside and out, I'm actually okay with that. If we could get that same production. Like, I don't necessarily need to feel comfortable in knowing we got a 17 or 18 sack per year guy. That sounds amazing. But like I said, at some point, he's going to break the bank, which is going to change your whole defense philosophy because you can't keep guys because you got to pay this guy an arm and a leg to do what he does. And if the team is not ultimately having success, his sacks are not really attributing to the win-loss record. That's the other part of that. You know what I mean? You know, uh, Pittsburgh went through that same scenario oh, that you just yeah. spoke of with uh, TJ's contract this year. Fucking right. Fucking right. And TJ Watt is TJ Watt. No, nobody's denying how great he is. Same with Nick and Joey Bosa when they both are healthy. Nobody's denying that. But I mean, the Raiders had to make a hard choice years ago with Khalil Mack, and they let him or they end up trading him to Chicago. Because they like as good as he is and what he does and how much pressure he puts on, you know, opposing quarterbacks, it has not changed our fate when it comes to being contenders and things like that. So let's build a complete defense versus just having a super superstar, a supernova, and a bunch of, you know, stragglers. And so what we're doing, like Chris Ballard, if you can get you a rotation of seven or eight and all of those guys bring their own level of pressure in their own unique way just keep doing that because this is the the most sacks we've had as a team and fucking i don't know we maybe set the record right or some shit like that our team record i think we said i look that up but yeah i I thought we had our team record so if not we were close or something like that but i'm pretty sure we set our own team record for sacks and with that said hey man we're doing something right especially for a team that doesn't blitz so there's 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 ways, but I think that you can continue to add to that to that room, and, there, think, and there's talent think, there. That's why I, I go there. Secondly, I, I think you're 100 percent right. And when Coitys, if they exercise his fifth year option, it's not going to be as much as a extension. No, oh, yeah, right, true. So I I, I see them keeping Coity at least one more year, but adding. It definitely adding to that D line. And I, I, I think that's the tough part, man, because, because there's a lot of truth to be said, right? Like every part of the defense builds on, on the, the part in front of it. So yes. with the line being the, the beginning, everything builds off of them. So what that means though, is we've lost despite having Zaire and despite having EJ, both seventh rounders who have become starters. Like the Colts probably do this more than anybody, especially underneath the Chris Ballard era. Like he literally gets, for the most part, every ounce out of every draft pick before he decides to cut them or pay them or whatever. I don't know if they do that in every organization. But where I'm going with this is we also lost studs. <laughs> like Bobby O is a New York giant, right? Shaq got cut, injuries and all that. We've said enough of that this season. 
Before that, it was Anthony Walker. Like when you actually look about look at our running, I'm sorry, our linebacker room from maybe let's go five seasons ago. It was insane and we had no idea. But to look back at it now and be like, holy fuck, Anthony Walker, Bobby O, Shaq, when he was healthy, Zaire and EJ Speed were in the same fucking room for years. At least a minimum of two because you got to go all the way back to Anthony Walker because he was first. He was like the first guy. And then it was Shaq and everybody else because it's Shaq and Zaire. And I think EJ came in the same draft or maybe EJ was the year after. Moral of the story is that was once the room, right? But now look at the room. It's Zaire and EJ and fill in the blanks. So what I'm saying is for all that the line is or wasn't last year and we're grading them heavily, bro, what's behind them? EJ and Zaire played out of their fucking minds with tackles and all this other shit. But we also struggled as a team when it came to stopping the run, right? We also struggled tackles, missed tackles. We also struggled on third downs. Like you can put all the defensive metrics you up, you want, and you can sit here and say, this is where we were and this is where we ranked and this is why we struggled. But rooms are not as complete as they once were. That linebacker room was phenomenal. Did we know that six years ago? Fuck no. But if you look to where they are now, where everybody else is, with the exception of Shaq, who may, you know, his career may be in jeopardy, but healthy? Holy fuck, bro. Like, that was some masterful drafting. <laughs> like, masterful drafting. So, uh, and, and definitely expected again this year. Yeah, I guarantee you, Ballard gets another linebacker. Well, yeah, yeah not, absolutely. Not, not at 15, not at 15, but. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he's going to get another one. Yeah, somewhere. Maybe even two. And I, and I, but I guess where I'm going with that is those are the things that sometimes are missed. That like when rooms change, not only are you just missing the guy on the field, but it's like the next level is going to feel that. You know what I mean? Like because when Darius was at his best, and the big boys were eating up the fucking the the tackles and centers and guards as they're supposed to, guess who was there to plug the hole and make the tackle? So even though Zaire is doing that, even though EJ is doing that, the the confines of the defense have changed where we're not playing three linebackers anymore. We're playing two and a nickel. And so a lot of times if you get ate up or you get washed, by the time you get, you know, your hands on the ball carrier, where they at six yards, seven yards with momentum. So they push you to eight, nine yards. Those things matter. And I think that, you know, like, yeah, we're going to be consistent. And we already talked about Gus and what that fucking looks like and waiting this out and giving him more time to grow and develop these players and blah, all this other bullshit. But that's where we're, we're, we're in Eberflus's defensive mind set, the way he called it, the way Nick – because back in the day, people forget, Kenny was a true nickel. He was great. But Kenny didn't have a huge profile in the defense where he's lining up every play. He came in on nickel downs to start that. It, it, when Eberflus first kind of got there, that's when he came into the to the game. He didn't start. We started three backers, bro. It was Bobby. Well, that very first year, it was Anthony in the middle. Uh, and it was, I'll say, it was Anthony in the middle. Because Bobby came after Darius. 
but it was I can't remember that very first year, but it was Anthony, Shaq, and somebody. And then the second year, it was like Anthony, Shaq, and Bobby. Then then Anthony left. And then it was like Shaq, Bobby, and then more Kenny. But like Kenny in the early parts of when we first got Kenny off the Patriots, he was a true nickel. He came in in nickel situations. And we just found out how to hide him and use him and blitz him off the edge and all that other shit. But we played three backers traditionally. We've gotten away from that. We play a true nickel. And that's tough. Every down nickel is tough. It's tough. Because you don't have that third backer. And and though Kenny is an amazing tackler and a great football player, it's a lot of times where they exploit that nickel, run a tight end at him, and he's out to play. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of shit that we – that we do that is unconventional. And because we're so base defense, like there's no exotic anything we do. We just stay in it. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the the boxer who can't get out of his own way. Like keep your fucking hand up so you quit getting hit with the hook and you just keep your hand down. <laughs> just keep getting hooked all fucking night. Like get out of your own way, bro. Uh, but anyway, we're fucking way off topic. But no, it's like, like I said, each level builds on each other. And going back to this defense, we take another edge. We got to stay strong there, keep that rotation seven or eight. And we're definitely going to have to develop the middle because right now we got two backers. And both of them, honestly, are going to be contract worthy. So you can't go from zero to hero. <laughs> like, that's what they did. They went from zero to hero. I mean, seventh round picks, like they don't really pan out to starters and fucking leading the league in tackles and shit like that. Like what? <laughs> so sometimes you're your own worst enemy by drafting. Great. There's a term for that. It's called unicorn. Yeah, facts. Facts. Yeah, and that's they, that's they, what's wild, bro. Those are definitely unicorn players, if you yeah. ask me. The seventh rounders are our fucking clutch guys now. It's insane to me. But, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, you commend the GM on doing a great job when he does it, and then you understand that if they're, because he does it well, he's going to have difficult choices to make, right, decisions, if you will, because do we keep these guys and how do we pay these guys and do we test our fucking waters again? Like, hey, we can do the same thing again and find them, find them deep in the rounds. Who fucking knows, bro? But at some point – you have to start to say, all right, this, whoever this is, is the foundation of the team. And I feel like without admitting it, the Colts organization with Chris at the helm is kind of saying we're already restarting that. We're already kind of restarting that. And I think we hit that in the last couple of shows because truly, honestly, if certain guys walk, you're really starting that. So if if the likes of Michael Pittman walk, if you know Zaire and, and EJ end up walking next year afterward, like his core guys are gone outside of JT, who who is like draft three or four for him, and Quinn Nelson, who's like draft two for him. If those guys like that's it. Ryan Kelly, but Ryan Kelly was actually not his. That was oh boy, that was grits grit grip. Y'all call him Gribson, but Grigson. <laughs> so, yeah, man, like fuck. And Ryan Kelly's like one of the older dudes on the team. Like he's thirty now. So I mean, shit, dude. Like there's a lot of good years of Colts football that did not equate to winning. 
and these guys are already being recycled. That's the tough part of this business. Very tough. And we're going, we're going, and if you're using the quarterback as the fucking staple in the start point, like we're going to our now third generational quarterback in the last 20 something odd years, Peyton, Andrew, from Peyton to Andrew, Andrew, everything in between to get to Anthony Richardson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So those things are. It's been a journey. That's it's been a. Bro, fuck my life. I'm telling you, man. Shit, like the Colts have aged me, dude. Fuck my life. Like, because every Sunday, bro, we talk about this live or watching it at home. You can't ever, and though I would never do this anyway, I could never be like, all right, honey, yeah, let's let's close it down. Let's run to the grocery store. The Colts got this locked up. Like, we're up fucking 28-0. Like, we're just whooping ass. And, yeah, I, I don't mind watching the rest of this on my phone while we walk to the grocery store. Fuck no, because these bitches going to keep me biting my nails until seven seconds left in the game. <laughs> whether it's week one or fucking week 18 it don't fucking matter like we can't just get out there and be like let's get this shit over with and go to fuck home like it's not in the cards <laughs> now, I, would, I will I will still something out of Acosta's playbook what's that I thought this team played a whole lot more consistent this year than we have in the past uh, I don't know about that that's tough. I, I think that it looked different, but I think there was still a ton of inconsistency. I think it looked I'm not different. Saying there wasn't because of the leader, but I think they played more consistent than they have in quite a few years. Okay, you can use that. <laughs> that can be, that can work for you or against you. Because I'll <laughs> say this: <laughs> the last the the whole month of December, we were consistently. Not great on offense. We start we started well, first drive touchdown or field goal, and yep. then five or six drives consecutive, three and out, maybe one first down, a turnover, you fucking name it. And I'm like, what is going on in the month of December? Like it was fucking crazy how that shit was looking. So again, it can go both ways. You can be consistently good or bad, <laughs> but I don't know. Hey. Well, the consistency that I saw and that I'm speaking of was good. <laughs> That's because you're a homer. Yeah, I am a homer. <laughs> All right. You know what? We have fucking yammered enough. And at 15, we have no idea what Chris Ballard's thinking. But it was cool to pretend like we did. That's like Yon 5, matter of fact. It is four. four. Okay, cool. Absolutely. It was. Give us a like. Give us a sub. Hey, Shout I, out. What? Oh, I'm sorry. At go least ahead. I didn't go into a full belly coma. No. Yeah. Well, no. But you still yawned. You said I you did. wouldn't. You didn't. I'm old. Shit. Give me a break. Yeah, you're double my age, so you're 80. But anywho, um, shout out to the entire family. Um, I'm calling out both sides of my family tonight. The sick team for what they do behind the scenes and giving us this platform. We appreciate Sammy and his family. Um, Shane, Jessica, Nello, everyone. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yep. It's been a blessing to be a part of this network. Absolutely. Wait, did I get her name right? Juliana. Juliana. <laughs> Mommy. Omaha! 
And then on the other side of the house, we like to shout, send, and shout love to our Forge family. Now, these fucking and these crazy bastards. Let's see here. Maniac, boy. Maniac motherfuckers. All right, we'll start with the ladies because they keep us together. Becca, Daryletta, Liz, Amber. Start with the ladies. Sarah. They all look better than us. Then we'll go with the old dirty bastards. So (laughs) that's to be Travis. That'll be Tyler. That'll be Daniel. That'll be Aaron. That'll be Adam J. That'll be Luis. Luis. What am I missing? I don't know, but it was number five. I don't know if you caught it or not. Yes, number five. Then, of course, you got the original five. Myself, this ugly guy, Acosta, Carvey, and Thomas. It's a lot of us. But for the entirety of what we're doing here on the podcast and what we're going to be doing in the tailgate in the future, hold on to your lug nuts. <laughs> it's time for overhaul. I'm telling tell you, we're just getting started. And the fire's burning, and we got people behind us that believe in us. And oh my God, watch yourself. I want to give a big shout out to the Blue Crew, too. And the Blue Crew, way to be yeah, great. For having us uh, a couple times and then um, getting us on the waiting list to, to be able to tailgate with them full time. Absolutely. Uh, amazing organization, uh, amazing fans, They know, and they know how to party. Holy yes. shit. We're getting our RV together. Them cats throw down. We're definitely getting our RV together, so we'll be ready and available when we get the call. And I'm telling you, Blue Crew, you will not regret this, but I'm telling you we're going to put the city of Indianapolis on the map when it comes to tailgating and how we do it. Bill's Mafia is the absolute echelon, and we're trying to be right there. Except for we won't set people on fire. <laughs> we will. We will, we will knock them down about three notches. Yeah, they do get to come to Lucas Oil next year. So I think the best way to show them that we're here is to be right there and touch downtown, inviting them over to the forge, and we just merge them together. Let's see what Ooh. Bill's Mafia has to offer. Boom and boom, baby. Boom and boom. And with that, that's a wrap. Sammy, take us out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast and Bill Show on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.